TII, episode 245, October 23rd, 2012. iPad mini and iPad 4th gen. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Colin! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by the TII app, the official app for the Today in iOS podcast. Search for TII in the iTunes app store. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Dave for sending in the music you hear in the background. Dave wrote, Hi, Rob. I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while now, and this is my first submission. Attached is a short song I created using GarageBand on my iPad 1. I call it Anticipation. Regards, Dave. Well, thanks, Dave, for the music. And folks, I'll try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Serge for sending in the artwork for today's show. Serge wrote, Hi, Rob. I created this artwork using an iPad 2nd Gen, iPhone 4S, Elcom Laser Keyboard, and my favorite podcast, Never Leave Home Without Them. Regards, Serge in Australia. Serge, thanks for the artwork. Long, long time listeners may remember me talking about the Elcom Laser Keyboard and what a cool accessory it would make. And Serge has one. Limit jealousy tracking turned off. Serge, Thanks again for sending in this artwork, folks. You can see Serge's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 245, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And I really need some more music because I don't have any for the next episode, so please send in some music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, This time next year, I see Rim having a 15-20% to 20% market share, a great ecosystem full of apps, games, and developers, as well as lots of happy BB10 users. Unquote. Dennis Rumor, BlackBerry 10 developer, 18th of July, 2012. Hey Dennis, why not just wish for Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny to bring lasting peace to the Middle East? I'm guessing both are statistically just as likely to happen. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 244, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Anti-Snooze, as well as promo codes for the app Puzzle Farm Imagination Adventure. I'll be giving out those promo codes sometime next week. If you want more info on those apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 244 for the additional details. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating up front you are the dev. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. All right, this is one of those partially recorded the night before type episodes. So the first part of the show will be a few pieces of news and a hefty helping of listener feedback, all recorded the night before the Apple event, then the day of the event, after the event, 
The second part was recorded, will be recorded. I guess, well, from my perspective, it will be. And from your perspective, it was recorded. And it covers what was announced today by Apple. If you are new to the show, this is not a typical episode, but I like this format for event days. It helps get out the episode as quick as possible following the event and covers more than just the event. Please note, this show is about you, the listener, and getting feedback from you about iOS devices and questions and tricks and tips and reviews and questions asked and questions answered. Uh, as long as it is iOS related, I want to get your feedback. To submit feedback, call 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record a comment on your iOS device and email it to todayinios at gmail.com. And now, into the news. Philippe DeWitt over at Fortune has pulled together 60 analysts' guesses on what they think iPhone sales will have been for the last quarter which ranges from a low of 21 million to a high of 32.3 million. There really was no consensus of iPhone sales this time, with guessing looking pretty much evenly spread out over the entire range. The average of the 60 analyst was 26.5 million units sold. Per my predictions, well, not really guessing, but simply taking the Verizon numbers, Per what they sold of the iPhone 4 and 4S last quarter, which was 2.5 million, versus the 2.7 million they sold of the 4 and the 4S the quarter before, and I'm multiplying that ratio by 26 million, which is how many iPhones were sold the quarter before last, and then adding the 5 million iPhone 5s we know Apple sold last quarter to come to a number of 29 million iPhones sold last quarter. I am looking at Verizon's drop of the iPhone 4 and 4S to be indicative overall of the iPhone market globally, which is a big assumption, obviously. If it is that, that the actual iPhone sales are higher than 29 million, I think that's good news for Apple. And if it's lower, it is bad news, in my opinion. How far above and below that number will probably indicate how wild a ride the Apple stock price will go over the next few weeks. Of course, we shall see on Thursday what the real numbers are. I will send out a push message via the TII app and put up a post on todayinios.com on Thursday after Apple announces their financial goodies. Might be late Thursday as I'll be in Pittsburgh for business starting on Thursday. So not sure when I will have access to the quarterly conference call. Regardless, if you are one of those that is into Apple numbers, I will get something up hopefully with a little bit of commentary as well on Thursday evening. There was an article over at Fast Company where they talked to a Dell executive. And normally these are like gold for the show. I mean, Dell execs and quotes for how wrong were they segment of the show are like peanut butter and chocolate. This time it was with senior VP of corporate strategy, David Johnson. And I have to say, he actually made a lot of sense and was very forthcoming so a kudos to David Johnson. Not often you get to read quotes from someone at Dell that are full of common sense and logical insight and don't appear that their head was buried in the sand or somewhere else. I just felt compelled to say kudos this time. Given all the times in the past, I had fun on this show at Dell's expense with one of their quotes. I saw a few headlines about the jailbreak hacker Comex who had gone to work for Apple a year ago 
being no longer employed by Apple. And I was like, yeah, he's back in the game, working on a new jailbreak. And then I read some of the articles. And quickly, a sad trombone was played. Wah, wah, wah. Seems he is more interested in going to college at Brown University and, you know, concentrating on his classes than he is on working on a jailbreak for iOS 6. Jeez, kids these days. What's the world coming to when an Ivy League education takes precedence over hacking iOS? If you want to read more about Nicholas Allegra, a.k.a. Comics, there's a really good article on Forbes by Andy Greenberg titled iPhone Uber Hacker Comics is out at Apple. Link in the show notes for episode 245 over todayinios.com. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Just wanted to say I just got the TII iOS app, and it's great. Much more intuitive to use than the podcast app for downloading and listening to your show. I couldn't help noticing the stars look like little yellow Captain America shields as the podcasts download. I have been going through the back episodes and downloading the ones that came out around the iPhone launches just to see how far the iPhone has come in terms of features, hardware, popularity, etc. I have had every iPhone except the 4S. I'll be getting the iPhone 5 soon. Oh, by the way, I think it should have been called the iPhone 6 as well. Regards, Jim. Hi, Jim. Thanks for the kind words and the wisdom there and for supporting the show. Folks, if you would like to support the show... You too can purchase the TI app for just $2.99 from the App Store, the iTunes App Store, of course. As Jim mentioned, it is the best way to consume this show on your iOS device and a much better UI than the podcast app. Plus, it will not cause you to use up all your data usage in a month. Just saying. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Thanks for the push. Just bought $200 worth. Regards, Don G. What is Don G talking about? Well... With the TI app, you also get push notifications. And yesterday I sent out one about the $50 iTunes gift cards at BestBuy.com being sold for just $40 for just one day. So he saved more than the price of the app on that one push. Actually, he saved many times the price of the app. Just search for the TII app in the App Store. And thanks for supporting this show. Rob, I'm a first-time listener to your show. Dude, it is power time. Dude, thanks for the call. I had to edit you down there for brevity's sake, but I think people got the general gist. Hey, Rob, this is Matt S. from uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Ray from Richmond had said that he was not able to use uh, keyboard shortcuts to enter an email address into a message. He said it just didn't accept, it didn't work. This is what you have to do. You type your shortcut, you hit the space bar, which accepts the shortcut text. But then you have to backspace. It's the extra space after the email address that makes the uh, email address become rejected when you try to send it. And after a little trial and error, I figured that out, and it always works for me. I am still having this sporadic problem with iOS 6 where it doesn't enter my keyboard shortcut. Sometimes I have to try again. Uh, I'll enter it. Nothing happens. I backspace, enter it again, and then it works but I thought that feedback might be helpful for Ray. Thank you for all you do. Have a great day. Bye. Into the email bag on the same subject. Good day, Rob. A gentleman mentioned last episode that when he used email addresses through a shortcut, the websites reject them. After you type your shortcut and the address appears, press the delete button to remove the space that appeared after your shortcut worked. 
This should be what causes the address not to be recognized. Regards, Ian. Thanks, Ian, and everyone else that sent in that tip. There were a lot of you on that one. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. To the listener that was talking to Apple and they said it was meant to rattle. My iPhone 5 had that rattle too, so I googled iPhone 5 rattle and saw reports of the battery coming loose and Apple store swapping them out. I made an appointment at the local store. My genius opened it up and sure enough, loose battery. He swapped it out for a new one. No rattle on this one. So listeners, go see a genius. It's not meant to rattle. Regards, Marcus in Australia. Hello, Rob. Dave from Chicago calling. On your last episode, a caller mentioned in his message that he was having a rattling with his iPhone. I wanted to add a couple of extra points to this as I had a similar issue. I took my phone into Apple about a week ago after I was experiencing a rattle that was more similar to a heavy thud. And after a quick conversation with the tech, they went back in, opened up my phone, took a look at it, brought it back out, and explained to me that there were two different issues going on with regards to the rattling, per se, of the iPhone 5. One is that there is a lighter, almost clicking rattle that could be one of two things. One would be the camera housing in the phone and or the home button. If it's the home button, that is typical. The camera housing should not rattle, uh, and if you go in and treat them nice, they'll probably end up replacing the phone. However, if you shake your phone and it is a almost heavier thudding in the phone, that is the battery. So I would encourage anyone who has this these problems, call up Apple, take it into the store, and try to get a new unit. None of these issues should happen. I've never had an iPhone rattle before. I had a great experience as far as getting this completely replaced, so I certainly hope that anyone who takes their phone in or calls Apple has a good experience as I as I did getting it replaced. Rob, thank you for all you do. Love the show, and I'll chat with you soon. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Just discovered a really cool new feature in Find My iPhone app. When you tap on a device to show it on the map, an icon in the upper right shows you its remaining battery. It doesn't look like you need to have iOS 6 on the device to do that since it worked with my original iPad, which isn't supported by iOS 6. Regards, Lou V. Lou, thanks for the heads up. Hi, Rob. I have an app for the New Zealander who needed another music app to check out. It's called SoundHound. I think it's free. It's like Shazam, i.e. for finding music, but has easy access to my iTunes library and basically the same controls as the iPod and the iPhone. The other recommendation I have is the Audible audiobook app for listening to audiobooks. It can see the books you have in iTunes and play them just as well as an audiobook from Audible. Regards, Jesse D. Continuing on this theme. Hi, Rob. So far for audiobooks, I use Bookmark, one word, which not only lists audiobooks stored on my iPhone, it allows me to add bookmarks keep my place, and has a sleep timer. It's basic, and it's great. One point I thought of concerning iPhone theft, I put a passcode lock with the 10 time and it erases setting on. If someone steals my phone, I'm far less concerned about the iPhone itself than I am about my data, emails, iPhone numbers, etc. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, the phone can automatically erase itself and leave the thieves with a new iPhone as long as they don't have my data. Regards, Dennis C. Hi, Rob. Instead of finding an app to play music, I suggest your listener could use either the Audible app, which is free, 
and which allows him to also play audiobooks from his music library from the Audible app. Alternatively, he can spend a couple of dollars and buy an app called Bookmark. And this also allows him to play audiobooks. He's synced to his iPhone via iTunes, and the app remembers the playback position. Lastly, I would suggest also that he checks out how the books are synced and whether they show up in the audiobook category under More in the music app or whether they just show up like all the rest of his music. If the latter is the case, this can be easily fixed. Once the books are in iTunes on the computer, select all the filters from a book, then right-click and click on Get Info, select the Options tab, and make sure MediaKind is set to Audiobook and not to Music. As soon as this is done, the books will appear in the books library in iTunes and not in the music library. And if he plays these books on his iPhone, the music app will remember the playback position for a particular book exactly where he left off, even if you completely turn off the phone or listen to music or another book in between. Regards, Sigurd. Hi, Rob. It's Seamus here. I'm calling from Ireland. I just want to tell you and your listeners about something I've noticed in the keyboard. I don't think it's a new addition in iOS 6 because it definitely worked in iOS 5, which is when I first noticed it. It is to do with using words that include an apostrophe. Words like will, which is W-E apostrophe L-L, as in we will. But also, if you type it in, the keyboard will think you're trying to type the word well. But what I've noticed is if you hit the, the L an extra time, three times instead of two, it will revert to the apostrophized, if that's a word, version. It also works with other words like we're, as in we are. So I thought that was really handy. It was something that was uh, annoying me quite a lot when I was trying to type stuff. And I hope somebody finds it of some use. All the best. Keep up the good work. Good luck. Bye-bye. Seamus? Brilliant. I already know one person that's going to find that of use, me. So thank you for that tip. So when you're typing in wheel, you just type in W-E-L-L-L. And I did that and worked great. And we're W-E-R-E-E. And it did it there as well. So again, Shame, thank you so much for the heads up on that tip. Personally, I love it. Okay, I know I see people buy Android when they are looking for just a phone and iPhones when they are looking for more than just a phone. But that does not mean iPhone users don't also use the phone as, you know, a phone. And CNET did a very unscientific study on call quality of the iPhone 5 on AT&T versus Verizon versus Sprint. And they crowned Sprint the winner for voice call quality between the three. Remember, LTE has nothing to do with voice quality. It's just about the data. So in the case of voice quality, they were really looking at all three networks, 3G networks. And again, in their very unscientific testing, they found Sprint the winner for voice quality. You can read more about this testing at CNET article in the show notes for episode 245, titled iPhone 5 Call Quality. From the you could have seen that one coming even in the middle of the night with video shot on an iPhone 3GS, there comes news that Apple is cutting back, has been cutting back, in their orders of the iPhone and iPad screens from Samsung. Shocker. Oh, and can you believe this? They're also cutting back on orders of some memory chips from Samsung as well. 
It's almost as if you know the two companies were no longer buddies and locked in some epic legal courtroom deathmatch. While Samsung claims in some comments not to care about the cutbacks, saying they are shifting manufacturing capacity to their own internal needs, from a basic accounting perspective, this is bad news for Samsung. It is always great to have an external customer to help cover your fixed costs of your manufacturing line, thus bringing down the overall costs for manufacturing for components you will use internally. And Apple was not just any customer Samsung. Apple was Samsung's largest external customer. They can say all they want about shifting capacity to their own needs. Reality is this will hurt Samsung's bottom line. It will be interesting to see their financials long-term. For Apple, it is best to get those orders over to those that are not a competitor, like LG or Sony or, um, okay, let's just say less of a competitor are they than Samsung turned out to be. Sorry, folks, I come from an electronics component manufacturing background, and this stuff I tend to geek out on. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Have an app review. One, B Graves, one word, the number one, the letter B, Graves, is in the App Store. It is the mobile app for Billion Graves. Users take pictures of gravestones and upload to Billion Graves from inside the app at the website www.billiongraves.com Volunteers transcribe gravestone information. Rating on this one would be awesome. Regards, Kevin S. Well, hi, Kevin. Thanks for the heads up on that. I am one of those people that likes to go to old graveyards and look around at the names and the dates of those that were in there. I will be downloading this app and bringing it with me the next time I go to one of those older graveyards near me. Sure beats bringing tracing paper and tracing over the cool headstones. Actually knew a girl in college that used to do that, and she had him hanging all over her room. She was goth before there was goth. Hi, Rob. I recently went to Europe with my unlocked iPhone 4 running iOS 6 for the first time and had a couple of surprises. Before landing in London, I popped in a SIM from O2 that I had previously used in an unlocked iPhone 3G. In the past, I had to change the APM before it would connect to O2's cellular network by finding a hotspot and going to unlock it. .co.nz. However, this time, changing the APM, APN wasn't necessary. Out of curiosity, I wanted to see if the APN had automatically changed to the correct settings. When I went to check the network settings, it was not where it used to be. It used to be in general network settings, and nor could I find the network settings anywhere in the settings. From what I saw in some forums, being able to view network settings is dependent on what carrier you're using, but maybe someone else can confirm that. On the other hand, my wife, who was running iOS 5, did need to change her APN in order to connect to O2. When she did try to use unlockit.co.nz, it would not allow her to create a profile without first deleting the previous profile in the settings general profiles. That step wasn't necessary before using the iPhone 3GS running iOS 4.2. Regards, Paul in Mill Valley, California. Paul, thanks for the feedback on that. And if anyone else out there has any experience with iOS 6 and going from one carrier to another, and if you did or did not have to go to get the APN at unlockit.co.nz, let us know, especially if that carrier was someone other than O2, Wondering if this is an O2-specific thing or if this is an iOS 6-specific thing. 
206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm about ready to buy a Sprint iPhone 4S from a friend that just upgraded to an iPhone 5. The iPhone 4S should be off contract and legally unlockable. I am interested in trying straight talk, but wanted to make sure that I can move this phone over to it. On one of your shows, you mentioned a website that you can log into with the web browser ending in .nz, but I couldn't find it in the search of your site. Is that site still valid? Will it work with iOS 6? Should I be able to walk into any Sprint store and unlock the phone? If Straight Talk does not work, I would like to be able to move the phone onto my existing AT&T account. This should be feasible, correct? Regards, David. Hi, David. First off, the site is per what we talked about in that previous email, unlockit.co.nz to get the APN needed or maybe not needed with iOS 6. Second, per taking an unlocked iPhone 4S from Sprint to Straight Talk, it will greatly depend on if you can get Sprint to truly unlock it. In theory, you can run an unlocked iPhone 4S from Sprint on a GSM carrier in Europe, so you should be able to run it on Straight Talk in the US, in theory. However, my searching for this, I could not come across anyone that actually says they have done this. If anyone out there has done this, please let us know. And more importantly, let us know exactly what you needed to do to get your iPhone 4S on Straight Talk. FYI, those listening, no, you can't take the iPhone 4 from Sprint to Straight Talk. That is a CDMA only phone versus the iPhone 4S, which is both a CDMA and a GSM phone. And also, David, if you can't get it to work on Straight Talk, you're likely not going to be able to get it to work on AT&T since Straight Talk is the AT&T network. Hey Rob, it's Don from Gunnersville, Alabama. I just wanted to let you know uh, how quickly I got my iPhone 5. I ordered mine directly from AT&T on the 5th, received an email that it was shipping on the 8th, and it was shipped next day and I got it on the 9th and got it activated so pretty quick uh, receipt of it. I had gone by the AT&T store here locally and they were out and uh, were telling me three to four weeks and I had talked to several AT&T people leading up to this for various reasons and all of them except one had told me it would be anywhere from uh, 21 to 28 days so I pretty much just resigned myself to the fact that it's going to be a while but I actually got mine very quickly and I guess just a tip to those purchasing the new iPhones in the future that uh, go into AT&T directly at least this go round is uh, probably the fastest way to go. Thanks for all you do and a great show. Talk to you later. Don, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, is there an app that works with the GPS feature of the iPhone via Bluetooth? It seems so possible. I'm hoping you or your listeners can help. Regards, Cindy E. Hi, Cindy. I do remember something about this, and I even think someone called in a long time ago about one of the devices they were able to get to work with their iPhone via Bluetooth. And if anyone is using one or has a favorite one or remembers it, um, because I couldn't find it in the show notes, if anyone can give us some heads up on this, please give us a call. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Listening to your show last week, I heard some other iPhone 5 users are experiencing problems with their lightning connector. I have recently had an issue with my lightning connector when it decided to stop 
charging altogether. The symptoms were as follows. The iPhone started to alternate between charging and not charging. I removed the charging lead and needed to shut the iPhone off completely. When I reconnected the lightning connector, it didn't charge the phone at all. Fortunately, I had purchased a micro USB to lightning adapter as a backup, which I was able to use in the meanwhile. Strangely enough, the failure of the cable occurred without any stress on the cable whatsoever, which is puzzling. After contacting AppleCare, they were able to send me out a replacement for the faulty one, although I'm left a bit puzzled as to what caused the failure regards Steve S. Staying with this theme, hi Rob. I tried to charge my iPhone 5 and nothing happened when I plugged in my phone. My lightning cable was broken. Thankfully, my tech shop at KU had some in stock. We'll be stopping by AT&T or an Apple store and attempt to replace my broken cord. Regards, Brent. Hi, Rob. I had some issues with my lightning connector. The Genius Bar employee told me right away that they don't cover corrosion or normal wear and tear. I've stated I've had it less than 30 days and it hasn't been subjected to water or chemicals. And if they are true gold connectors, then they shouldn't corrode. Told him I believe that this was an issue with how they were they adhered the gold to the connectors in the plug itself. He was still persistent that I pay the service price of thirteen or seventeen dollars for a new cord. They were out of the retail cords that hung on the shelves in the pretty little boxes for approximately thirty dollars. When he came back out to sell me the new service cord, he told me his manager said not to charge me. I was happy. Let's see how long till this one wears out. Let's keep our fingers crossed that this one is a one-time incident. Regards, Matt S. Hi, Matt. Thanks for the feedback. Do not, repeat, do not let Apple charge you for a bad lightning cord or earbud for a new iPhone 5. Definitely not this soon after release. Overall, Apple is much, much, much better than any other company out there when it comes to replacing bad products for no cost. As with any store, some employees will give bad advice or service compared to others. Just make sure you hold your ground politely and ask to speak to a manager. Again, overall, I think you'll find Apple service is second to none at the Apple stores. I do think I'm starting to see a little bit of a trend here with a few different people writing in about having issues with their lightning connectors. I don't know if this is a first batch issue or what the problem is, but I'm not reading or hearing about this anywhere else yet. Again, uh, if you're having problems with your lightning connector cord, let us know. Uh, does seem like there's something going on here. And again, please don't let Apple charge you for a replacement. Push the point. You should get a replacement at no cost. Hi, Rob. Someone at my office recently traveled with their iPhone and put it in airplane mode and left it in a taxi. After realizing it was lost, they called me to use the Find My iPhone app. Well, guess what? Their iPhone still was in airplane mode and the Find My iPhone app is useless. That is until the iPhone finder or thief turns off airplane mode. Without a taxi receipt, the person could not even try to find the taxi where the iPhone was left. Oh, and by the way, this person did not have a passcode on their iPhone, which means the iPhone finder thief, who never tried to find its rightful owner, had full access to this attorney's photos, memos, contacts, emails, and anything on the iPhone that could be considered confidential. I set the Find My iPhone feature through www.icloud.com 
to wipe the lost phone, but this is only going to work when airplane mode is turned off and it starts using Wi-Fi. Sadly, we will never know if any of this iPhone's confidential attorney-client privilege information ever got out to the wrong hands. If the listeners have bosses who, while very smart in their profession, are not very tech-savvy, please stress the importance of putting a passcode on their iPhone, especially when they store various usernames, passwords in their contacts. Hopefully, the information on the iPhone is not used against this person or any of their clients. While having to use a passcode is a pain in the rumpus, the peace of mind is priceless. By the way, the attorney had backed up their iPhone to the iCloud, so when they had a paid a full price for a new iPhone, they didn't lose any information, but sadly, they still haven't put a passcode on their new phone. Can you really teach an old dog new tricks? Regards, Sally. Name change for obvious reasons. Sally, thanks for that story, and I hope it helps change a couple people's minds out there about putting the passcode on. Folks, you really need to have passcode on your iPhone if you have any confidential information on there, anything that you wouldn't want to put up on the web. If it's on your iPhone, you need to have a passcode on it, especially if you're traveling. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Is there anyone else out there that is frustrated with the Wi-Fi issues with iOS 6? On my family's three iPads and two iPhones, we always get spotty Wi-Fi on areas we had never had issues before with iOS 5. I have spoke with a few people and geniuses that say this is a known issue, but it amazes me that a fix isn't put in place yet. With We are over a month since iOS 6's release. Any feedback from you or your audience on this would be interesting to hear. Regards, Jeff B. Hi, Jeff. I had some Wi-Fi issues with my wife's iPad when it first was updated to iOS 6, and I mean some really, really slow and spotty Wi-Fi. The trick that worked for me after trying multiple resets of the iPad was actually to reset the Wi-Fi router. Once I did that, the iPad had been humming along, no issues. So I would suggest trying a full reset of your router at home to see if that helps. Hey Rob, this is John from Los Angeles, California. Just wanted to share a little bit of information uh, regarding the iPhone 5 with cases. I recently bought my iPhone 5 with an OtterBox commuter uh, case and uh, was very excited about that. A couple weeks ago, I ordered the Lightning to 30-pin adapter off the Apple Store. Got that as well. was very excited since I have a bunch of 30-pin adapter cables all over the place. Anyways, once I ended up getting the Lightning to 30-pin adapter into my phone, it would not fit because I have a case on it. So... uh, pretty much is a useless adapter to me since I need it. I need my case more than I do with the adapter, so I'm going to have to buy uh, 30, uh, I guess, lightning cables from now on. So I just wanted to share that information with you. Uh, Love your show. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Rob. I was just listening to your recent show and uh, about the sales on Verizon. I went to a Verizon store, the BJ store, and uh, I didn't, you know, say I had an iPhone or whatever, but when I went there, I asked, hey, what's the best phone? And he told me the Motorola was the best phone. He has one. He never even talked about the iPhone 5. He just said it was terrible. That's the only thing he said. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why maybe the sales were a little less. Because a lot of people at Verizon are saying the same thing. Because I've been to a lot of other BJ stores, and they all push you to the Android side. And they don't really talk too much about the iPhone. It's kind of weird. thought I should let you know that. All right. Have a good day. Sadly, you're not the first, second, third, or even 33rd person to say something similar to that. 
sounds like a lot of people that go into a Verizon store asking about a smartphone get pushed to a non-iPhone. Now, I don't know if that's still the case with the iPhone 5 as bad now today as it was back when the iPhone 5 was not out and it seemed like Verizon was pushing you towards anything that was LTE and there was no iPhone with LTE. But if anyone else has recently been into an iPhone or excuse me, a Verizon store and has asked about a smartphone, let me know which way Verizon went and see if they even mentioned the iPhone. Be curious to see what they're doing these days. Hi, Rob. Ron in Georgetown, Kentucky. I had a question. You keep mentioning um, that there's no untethered jailbreak yet for the iPhone 4S and the 5. I have the iPhone 4 and would like to jailbreak with iOS 6. Are you implying that there is already an untethered jailbreak for the iPhone 4? Thanks. Hi, Ron. Sorry for any confusion on my previous comments. At this point in time, there are no untethered jailbreaks for iOS 6, regardless of the device. Back into the email bag one more time. Hi, Rob. Per the announcement on the 23rd, how about iPad Jr.? And why don't people be more optimistic and round up and say 8 inches instead of 7.85 inches? Regards, Michael. Well, Michael, per your prediction, this is a good time to virtually pause and then transition into the October 23rd announcement. Okay, for those of you with the TI app, you would have received a push, another push, earlier on the 23rd, letting you know the good news, and that was Apple was live streaming their October 23rd event. And that push also had the URL for the stream on Apple's website or where to find it. And now, per the live event, for those that did not see it, Tim Cook came out first and started with what is his traditional overview slash chest bumping slash back padding segment. He repeated the 5 million iPhone 5 sold opening weekend and a PR video from launch weekend that put those Samsung line waiting commercials to shame. He said Apple has sold over 3 million of the new iPods already. So that's the uh, iPod minis and the iPod touches. And there are over 200 million iOS devices running iOS 6 after just one month of iOS 6 being available. Then some yada yada numbers about iCloud docs, iMessage messages, Game Center accounts, and photo stream photos. Yeah, we get it, Tim. People are actually using their iOS devices. Tim then repeated app numbers over 700,000 iOS apps and over 275,000 iPad specific apps. There have been over 35 billion app downloads from the App Store. Not bad for something Apple did not even originally plan to do. And Apple has paid out over $6.5 billion to devs. Tim talked about iBooks. Hmm. Could that be a setup for the iPad Mini, maybe? We shall see. There are 1.5 million books in the iBooks store, including two from me. Just saying. And over 400 million books downloads to date. The new iBooks versions now has, or the new version of iBooks now has continuous scrolling. So that is a uh, well-needed feature. I hated flipping the page and I could just scroll down. That's kind of more natural. And the new version of iBooks is available today for a free download. Then Tim had Phil Schiller come on stage and talk hardware. First new products Phil talked about were Macs, and as expected, he introduced the 13-inch MacBook Pro with Retina Display, 
Then he went over the new iPad mini, which I mentioned for app devs that need a new Mac to develop apps on. And then he went over the new iMacs and handed the remote back to Tim. Tim then started talking about the iPads. They have now sold over 100 million iPads as of a couple of weeks ago, which means last quarter there were about 15.5 million iPads sold, which is below most analyst expectations and below the 17 million in the quarter previous. The analysts had a range of 14.8 million on the low side to 23 million on the high side, with an average estimate for indies of 19.23 million iPads sold versus pro analysts guessing at 17.57 million iPads sold. And per Tim Cook's comments of hitting 100 million iPads sold just a couple of weeks ago, again, that means, as I said, only 15.5 million iPads were sold last quarter. We will save the in-depth number speak for the next episode, but it seems that Wall Street's already reacting to that, and Apple stock was down $20 today. Tim then talked about the iPad web traffic, which represents 91% of all traffic for tablets, and said the main reason the iPad is used so much more than other tablets is that people love their iPads, kind of, sort of, implying people don't love those others. Tim then talked about iBook textbooks, saying there are over 2,500 U.S. schools with iBooks textbooks already. Tim announced an updated version of iBooks Author, which is available today for free from the Apple Mac App Store. You need to download that. If you haven't, I definitely will be downloading that tonight uh, after this episode goes live. So again, if you are someone that does iBooks, remember iBooks Author is now available, the updated version with some nice new features. Tim then brought Phil back to talk about iPad hardware. First up was the announcement of the fourth gen iPad. Yep, third gen is no more. Key changes from the third gen to the fourth gen are the A6X processor, which is twice the speed as the A5X that the iPad 3 or third gen had. Phil so did claim, and he had put up fancy charts to prove his point. But even with the improved speed, It is the same 10-hour battery life as all previous iPads have had. FaceTime HD front camera is now 720p HD. There is an updated LTE for the cellular version and new carriers. Sprint in the US, for example, being one new carrier that's carrying the iPad. Updated Wi-Fi now matches Wi-Fi on the iPhone 5, which is 802.11.0. A, B, G, and N, and 2.4 and 5 gigahertz bands. Bluetooth 4.0 as well. Of course, it is updated to the Lightning port. And there are Lightning to USB and Lightning to SD cables, replacing the old camera connection kit. So you buy one or the other, probably at the same price as what the old connection kit sold for combined. The iPad 4th gen, of course, is black and white, same storage as previously, and same pricing for those storages, starting out at 16 gig version at $499. Then Phil showed the worst kept secret, the iPad mini. Per what has been shown and images leaked, it was pretty much dead nuts on. And yes, it is called the iPad mini. It is 7.2 millimeters thin. The iPad mini weighs in at just 0.68 pounds. It comes in black or white. Screen size is 7.9 inches versus the 9.7 inches on the iPad, or I guess the traditional iPad. 
the screen resolution of the iPad mini is 1024 by 768, which is the same screen resolution as the iPad first gen and second gen. So apps for the original and second gen iPads will work with the iPad mini. Phil then compared it to the Android comp and really it was about showing that how while the devices are about the same size on the outside, the screen is much bigger and apps for the iPad mini are much better for the user experience versus the scaled up phone apps you get on the Android tablets. The mini uses the A5 chip. It has a FaceTime HD front side camera and the five megabit uh, rear side eyesight camera. It's a 1080p HD video on the back. Actually, the cameras on the iPad mini and the fourth gen iPad are identical on the front and back as far as specs go. The mini does have LTE and cellular connections. There had been some rumors it was gonna only be Wi-Fi. That is not the case. And it does have the faster Wi-Fi and lightning port as well. And of course, 10 hours of battery life. iPad mini starts at 329. That was the big question mark. So it's 329 for a 16 gig Wi-Fi version, 429 for 32 gig and 529 for a 64 gig. iPad 2 sticks around at the same pricing as before, which is 399 for the 16 gig Wi-Fi only version. The iPad fourth gen Pricing is same as the third gen, 499, 599, 699 for 16, 32, and 64 gig Wi-Fi only versions. And you add $130 to any of the aforementioned versions of iPads or iPad minis if you want to go from Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi plus cellular. Pre-orders for the new iPad mini and fourth gen start on October 26th. And then on November 2nd, they start to ship to a whole bunch of countries for the Wi-Fi version. Those countries include... Australia, Austria, Belgium, Bulgaria, Canada, Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Hong Kong, Hungary, Iceland, Ireland, Italy, Japan, Korea, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg, Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Poland, Portugal, Puerto Rico, Romania, Singapore, Slovakia, Slovenia, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, UK, and the US. That is 34 different countries at launch. The cellular version ships on November 16th to the aforementioned countries as well. If you plan to pre-order, remember to use the Apple Store app to do the pre-orders. Expect pre-orders to start sometime early on the morning of the 26th East Coast time, just like they did with the iPhone pre-orders. But that is the iPad mini and iPad 4th gen in a nutshell. More detailed info is up at apple.com for both of those. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of feedback and your thoughts on that shortly right now at least it looks like wall street none too happy with the pricing and i guess the lack of sales of the ipad last quarter now i did get some initial feedback from a few different listeners kevin wrote in he felt it was too expensive without the retina display michael asked if this means we're not going to be seeing an updated ipad in the spring and i'm going to have to say no more updates of the ipad in the spring not anytime soon i think this was your update they did it early and we probably won't see another major iPad update for about another year. And let's face facts, with 10 inch tablets, as Phil Schiller said in the, in the presentation, he can't even see the competition in the rear view mirror anymore. Plus it makes a lot of sense for Apple to go ahead and get these updates now this time of the year so that they're ready for the holiday prying season here in the US especially. Of course, Apple does change things up, so it doesn't mean that every year going forward that we're gonna see the iPhone, the iPad, and the iPad mini updated in the fall. But good chance that next year we'll see the iPad, the iPad mini, and the iPhone updated again in the fall. 
The sponsor for today's show was the TII app. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. That is the official app for the Today in iOS podcast. I want to thank everyone for supporting the show by purchasing that. Let me know your thoughts on today's announcements. Are you getting an iPad mini? Are you getting an iPad 4th gen? Which Apple product that was announced today tickled your fancy? Or did any of them tickle your fancy for that matter? Personally, I am most interested in the iPad mini that was announced today. I want to see how well that works, especially as a recording studio for uh, doing podcasts. So I'm hoping to get uh, a pre-order in on a 16 gig iPad mini just to mostly use for web surfing and podcast recording. As always, your feedback is greatly appreciated. And you can send that in to todayinios at gmail.com or you can call 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Would love to hear from you, tips, tricks, feedback, questions, comments, rants, raves, whatever. I do want to mention I'll be in Pittsburgh the last weekend of October. I'll be attending and speaking at PodCamp Pittsburgh on Saturday the 27th. So if you are in the Pittsburgh area, I hope to see you there at PodCamp Pittsburgh. I will also be attending the Kansas City Startup Weekend the weekend of November 16th. So hopefully you will get some interesting stories from that. And if you are in the KC area, hope to see you at that event. Finally, I'll be speaking at the New Media Expo in Las Vegas in January, my session, which is about how to audio podcast 100% from an iPad and iPad mini now. will be on Monday, the 7th of January. New Media Expo is the biggest and best national conference if you are looking to get info on blogging or podcasting for both beginners and experts alike. Hope to see you there. As always, if you plan to be at an event I am going to, hit me up via email ahead of time, letting me know at is at todayinios at gmail.com as always. And well, this is the longest wrap-up I've ever done, and I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. Until the next time, I'm your host Rob from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.